This is the Podcast Inc. production. Booyah! This is the moment podcasting fans listening around the world have been waiting for. Coming to you not so live from a listening device of your choice. It's time! Podcasting out of this corner, a mixed martial talker, holding no professional record. He stands at six feet one and one half inches tall, weighing in at whatever he feels like, hailing out of Toronto, Ontario, Canada, presenting the sometimes angry, always funny, Self-proclaimed podcasting champion of the world, Steve Fingerstyles! So, welcome to another rendition of the podcast. I am here once again, always again, and brought to you by Black Belt CBD. If you're into CBD products or you want to try CBD products for the first time, but you don't want to spend a lot of money, well, today's your lucky day. Go to blackbeltcbdproducts.com, use promo code THEPODCAST25, you'll get 25% off. They ship within North America. And if you're a woman that's listening to the show, thank you very much. Go to poppyapparel.com if you like to shop online. They have everything from clothing to jewelry to shoes to hats to whatever women wear nowadays. They have it at poppyapparel.com. Use promo code THEPODCAST with a capital D. You'll get 10% off. And please go rate, review, subscribe, all those nice things at iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and I'm also part of the Podbros Network. If you want to listen to the show there, you can, and obviously there's a bunch of other shows under the banner, so listen to them. And if you shop at Amazon, click on their Amazon banner, helps them out, helps me out. So this week's guest, you may have seen in such TV shows as Picnic Face on the Comedy Network, Space Riders Division Earth on CTV Extend, which I have no idea what CTV Extend is, but we'll get into that. Hell yeah. Mr. D <laughs> and Cavendish, both on the CBC. The web series Dad Drives, and this week's guest has also starred in films Room for Rent and Roller Town. You can also hear his voice on Netflix's animated series Cupcake and Dino, or Dino. Is it Dino? It's Dino. Okay, Dino, thank you. <laughs> General Services and on Gary and His Demons on CBC. Ladies and gentlemen, stand-up comedian, actor, writer, and multiple Canadian Comedy Award winner, Mark <laughs> Little. Oh, hell yeah. How's that for an <laughs> intro? <laughs> it's great. The applause is deafening. <laughs> Can't handle it. Well, I just ran off someone's literally whole career and you've you're you're 35 now and you've already done this before you hit 35 my first question right off the bat i have to know where the hell do you get all this content from how do you think of all this stuff well first of all i'm gonna blow your mind right now oh no i'm 36 oh that's the key right there you <laughs> squeeze in an extra year you can get it all done 
I don't know. It's you know, it's just been a slow road. Like uh, I don't feel like I've done a crazy amount because oh, come on, it's just kind of been steady, just steady. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, you're you're being very modest, but okay, let's start with the whole picnic face thing, that whole comedy troupe. How did that exactly come about? Like besides the TV show, it also led into the movie Roller Town, and obviously more subsequently into newer shit. And you still do stuff with the people from Picnic Face. So how did all this come about? Um, I moved out to Halifax to go to school for a bit, and then I ran into um, Kyle Dooley out there, okay. who I knew through doing improv. Both of us just had like an improv background. We'd done it in high school. And then uh, we had both gone to this thing called Improv Camp, which was run by this group, the uh, uh, Canadian Improv Games. And I was a couple years older than him. I was a counselor, taught some classes here and there. And he was like an old camper, you know, uh, just like going to camp, but doing it to learn improv. Okay. <laughs> uh, something Canada teaches uh, pretty well. So that is we true. just like became pals in Halifax because we didn't know anyone else and okay. formed formed an improv duo and then that became Picnic Face. We met some stand-up comedians. We started writing sketch because it seemed like a cool combo of like improv and uh, improv and stand-up. It was mm-hmm. like written scenes, you know what I mean? Right. And it just sort of grew from there. No, it's amazing. Like I caught a few clips online from YouTube because obviously we're in Canada. We don't get the American Comedy Network, right? But... Or was it also aired on the Canadian Comedy Channel? Oh, it was exclusively the Canadian Comedy Network. Oh, it was, okay. Comedy Central, although I That's it. I'm getting confused. I always get confused. Again, I haven't had cable in like years, so I don't even watch regular cable anymore. Everything is streamed nowadays anyway, so. Listen, no one saw this show. <laughs> I do not. And now no one knows how to find it. It's fine. <laughs> no, it's all right. You can go on YouTube. Like I said, they have. They don't have the whole episodes. They have certain clips of uh, of like the sketch. Like the one sketch I saw was with you. I, I don't know who the other gentleman was in the clip, but you guys were older men, and and you were harassing a woman passing by. Like I think you guys are on a veranda. Yeah, that and then you started sense. rapping at the end of it. When you yeah, when you boil it down like that. <laughs> I get a little embarrassed. But come on, that's classic. And that's classic comedy right there. Two old men harassing a woman from a porch. Uh, yeah, that's one of the sketches that was in the show. And uh, there's a few of them online. And then there's a few of the sketches we made when we were just like an internet troupe before that. Some of those were better than anything we ever made for the show. It was a it was a weird process. I'm sure it was. Okay, how about lending your voice to animation? do you enjoy um, that more than actually acting because it's more laid back? You don't, it's more casual, right? As they say, do you enjoy it more? Or do you like t- your, your face in front of the camera 24 seven? I like them both, but I, I probably enjoy voice acting more. Yeah. Specifically for the reasons you said, like it's less stressful. Okay. And now this, this one, uh, the one on Netflix that I'm talking about, which is on the American Netflix, but not Canadian Netflix. Correct. Yeah. It's on Netflix all around the world, except Canada. Okay, come on. CRTC, what's what's going on here? <laughs> That's because Teletoon uh, was the co-pro on it. So it was like, oh, uh, it, was, okay. it was Netflix and Teletoon, and the deal was just like, Teletoon only exists in Canada. Teletoon gets it in Canada. <laughs> Netflix gotcha. gets it everywhere else, which is great. But what it means is Canadians have a much harder time seeing it. So this was like a joint production between Canada and Brazil. Now, being from a Portuguese background, I speak fluently Portuguese. Did you voice your character in Portuguese or were you just dubbed by a Brazilian? Oh man, no. Like I said, this is like, it's playing in like 40 countries around the world now. So there's like 
there's a Brazilian version of my voice. <laughs> there's like a French version, a Turkish version of my voice, oh my like God. Singapore. It's crazy. So no, I definitely <laughs> did not. I didn't go out of my way to offend entire countries. <laughs> <laughs> now, this one is more versed towards like a kid audience, more uh, unlike your other show that you have that's also animated, Gary and His Demons. That's more like adult content. Do you yeah. enjoy doing the stuff for the kids, as they say, or do you like being more m- mature rated? Oh, I, lo- I, yeah, I love both of them. Because, you know, I, I think like, like if I had to do only one or only the other, right. I'd probably choose adult. Um, okay. I think like only getting to do kids would make you feel a little bit like there's certain there's certain jokes I want to be able to tell, and definitely right. my natural sense of humor goes in a kind of darker, more vulgar direction. Right, right. But uh, <laughs> kid stuff is awesome, you know, because that's like the age where you are crazy about shows and TV and like mm-hmm. these stories and these characters. Like all of my everyone's favorite stuff is still from when they were a kid. So getting to like tell stories to people <laughs> that age and trying to write things so good and so funny and so creative right. that kids like fall in love with it and then yeah. they're going to stay in love with it in a way for their entire life. That's amazing. I know. You, you think, if you think about it, you could be the next generation square Bob square uh, or what is SpongeBob SquarePants. <laughs> that's yeah. Right? That's the dream. That's a hundred percent the dream. It would be amazing, you know. Oh, my God. Well, with Gary and his demons, you were more involved in this one where you created, wrote, did pretty much everything and voiced. Okay. I know there's more leniency towards animation because you can make shit happen that can't happen in the real world. But again, where did this whole idea come from where an older man who wanted to retire gets sucked back in to hunt demons on a regular? Uh, it's actually about two old men who oh, two. harass a woman from a porch. Oh my god! <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Going uh, back to that. Imagine? It's called porch creeps. Uh, <laughs> it's well. How did it come? It uh, well. Uh, first of all, just like all of my ideas are incredibly similar. You know, like okay. if you watch half of the picnic face sketches I wrote, or like Space Riders, right. or like uh, anything I've done with Andy Bush, like that show Cavendish we did for CBC, just like. Everything I do, for some reason, is a combination of uh, angry <laughs> people, <laughs> or sad people, or like depressed people, or but just like people with real stupid human emotions who get bogged down in everyday bullshit right. and like fight with one another. Okay. Plus fantasy. Okay. And. I don't know why that's, I think just some like probably growing up watching Spielberg, watching like Shane, like uh, Shane Black movies, like Frank Decker, like the monster squad is what I'm thinking of. Or like Goonies, these like eight, this whole eighties genre of like monsters, monsters are here, right? but we're, I'm going to argue with my friend for the next five minutes, you know, and we're going to swear at each other and call each other names. (laughs) Uh, And I don't know, there's something about that genre that's in my DNA. So, um, so it comes from that in a big picture way. Uh, and then in a small sense, it was just like this guy, Josh, a producer, Josh Bowen at blue ant just got in touch with me to see if I had any ideas for, uh, animated shows like short, short animated shows. And, okay. uh, I didn't trust him. Yeah. <laughs> of course. I didn't trust him at all. <laughs> so I was like, I'm not going to give you any idea. I've put a lot of thought into okay so i sat down i think i'd just broken my ankle i was in the toronto western hospital cafeteria i know that place <laughs> very well don't worry oh yeah it's a great cafeteria and I actually it, on a morbid note that's where actually my mom passed away so that's how i know that place very well <laughs> yeah damn it okay so you like it too <laughs> 
Oh, hell. Uh, so anyway, there I was, uh, thinking about your mom. There you go. No, uh, don't worry. It's been years. The, the, the wound has sealed up over and over. Don't worry. Good, good, good. Um, and uh, so I was sitting there, and right. I was like, uh, <laughs> I feel like continuing with this story is so disrespectful. <laughs> There's no you disrespect here, my friend. I animated idea off the ground now? <laughs> oh, shit. Um, there's rest so much peace, Steve's mom. <laughs> Thank you. There's so much suspense. You have to finish it now. People need to know. Oh man, it's the most anticlimactic ending. I just sat in this cafeteria, cranked out five quick ideas, right. and hit send, and then didn't think anything of it until okay. he got back to me and he was like, "Tell me more about this idea." And then I was like, "Oh shit, this idea I put no thought into because I didn't think this was going to go anywhere." Right. Let me actually think about this. Which is interesting. I find, like, you know, sometimes that helps writing. You just, like, shit out an idea. And if you're not too precious about it, you don't get bogged down in the details, which right. sometimes means you, like, come up with a better hook. You know what I mean? Okay, yeah, yeah. Makes sense. Because if you're like, I really want to do a story, like, a show where I tell this type of story and that type of story, and I want to have this kind of character. And, like, I met, I knew this guy when I was growing up, and he was so interesting. I want to put him in my show. So you've got all these right. details in your head of like all this like perfect show you want to make. And then when it it comes time to tell someone like, what's it about? It's hard to say what's it about. It's kind of like, (laughs) and nobody just wants to hear like a spray gun of details. So you kind of like put the cart before the horse a little bit. Whereas if you just like, at least in my experience, if I just like crank out some hooks, some like premises. Hmm. So in this case, I was like, one of the premises was what became Gary and his demons was like, um, what about a show that's kind of like Buffy the Vampire Slayer? It's about demon slayers in the modern world, uh, except instead of like, whereas Buffy is a, is a teenager, uh, this is a teenager's job, but for some reason our guy started as a teenager, but now it's 30 years later, he's middle-aged, uh, he was supposed to retire 15 years ago, they couldn't find a replacement, now he's supposed to retire again, and they can't find a replacement again. So he's stuck. Yeah. So essentially the hook was just like, what if it's a middle-aged demon hunter who wants to retire but can't? Right. I was like, okay, so that one sentence, I don't know what that show looks like <laughs> when I'm writing that. But I'm like, I know that made me laugh. Like, I could write a sketch about that at least. <clears throat> okay. And I could maybe write more. But that's kind of what it came from, was just being like, what if this thing that you're familiar with, but different? Yeah, exactly. Well, then that's the thing. Like nowadays, not to say that everything is a ripoff of something, but like you said, you're influenced by a certain genre, just like how the Spielbergs were influenced before them with another genre. Like everything comes from something and it keeps evolving, sort of like the human race. That's how we keep getting better, right? So it's not really copycatting. It's just taking an idea and morphing it into your own. Oh, totally. I think like... From what I can tell, there's writers who pull from two different places. Like some writers pull completely from their lives and that rules from like life or their lives or whatever, like the political climate. And then some writers pull from genre and it's like we grow up immersed in genre. We watch movies, we read stories, we watch shows. And it's just like, that's how, like, that's how I see the world. Like I see it in terms of like, it's framed for me by like genre. Like that, that's like how my brain is hardwired for narrative. So when I make sketches or animated shows or even live action shows, I like playing with the pieces that have been handed down to me through these like older storytellers and then seeing what I can do with them and seeing how I can make them like 
feel like me. You know what I mean? No, that makes complete sense. Okay, you brought it up. Space Riders Division Earth. I want to touch on this. <laughs> because I'm a huge sci-fi fan and I'm a huge comedy fan. So I'm like like for I'm I'm assuming you're a big fan of Spaceballs. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Okay. So I've never really seen a TV show that could do both sci-fi and comedy in a good manner where like you know it's comedy like come on like it's tongue-in-cheek type of comedy but you only saw it in the movies you never really saw it on tv like except for what was i, I was forget i never watched mork and mindy was was that one sort of yeah yeah it was so like you know a, what i mean but that was more of a sitcom though right yeah it was a sitcom yeah so explain all this i, I have to because it's like power rangers meets I, I don't know what like honestly yeah that's i mean that's it again <laughs> it, it was like i was like what do i love power rangers <laughs> <laughs> What do I want to do? I want to do a show where, like, it's, I use some of the same elements for Gary. I was like, what do I, like, the one thing I knew I wanted to do when we wrote Space Riders, whereas I was like, I want to have a show where guys morph up. Okay. Oh, my God. Of course. <laughs> Just, like, that whole genre of Japanese shows, yep. including Power Rangers. Yeah, it was, like, yeah. super cyan, like, teens coming together. <laughs> every episode, they morph up. And they have an amazing song that takes way too much of the episode. Right. They haven't written enough <laughs> of the other stuff. So I was like, I want to do that. Um, so we just figured out how to do that. Just like our version of two guys who shouldn't be saving the world but are. Right. And uh, get embroiled in this like big like uh power ranger style scenario it literally is like even like the enemies the, with those elaborate costumes they could so tell are fake but you still love because again you grew up with it and it's all tongue-in-cheek right it's like an homage so, so to speak yeah yeah our, our villain is completely based on rita repulsa you know with a mustache uh, and she's got like her uh she's got her little henchman in space oh. and um you know she wants to conquer the world but she gets bogged down in petty disagreements with her henchman and her henchman just wants to feel wanted you know it's like pinky in the brain in space a little bit it's a lot of pieces that's true around. too yeah that's true i didn't even think <laughs> of that uh, that's a good take on it okay what about ctv extend what is ctv extend oh man i don't know because <laughs> <laughs> i know what ctv is obviously but what's extend is this something they tried to do online or some kind of streaming service they had at one point Yes, you're describing oh, okay. Canadian media in a nutshell. It's like <laughs> it's like Canadian media going online took 10 more years than it should have. Like right. nobody went online even when it was clear that everything was going online. And then when they finally do, it's interesting if you like track the history of like all of the Canadian networks trying to launch their streaming service. Right. And all of them just have these like names that aren't memorable. And then they try it, and then there's this huge launch. Yeah. And then three years later, it, it completely dies, <laughs> and then they relaunch it with a different name. And That's you're like, true. I don't think the name was the problem. <laughs> like, maybe let's work out the kinks. Like, let's make it easier to find things. Let's true. make it easier to watch things. Let's make, like, like autoplay to that. the next episode so you're getting more hits and, like, streams. Like, let's do the basic things. Just look at any other streaming service. Anyway, so CTV Extend lived literally with our show, there died, <laughs> buried with our show. <laughs> I don't know how you find it anymore. And then Crave Again, was born from the ashes. Oh, is that what came up afterwards? And Crave is like the first successful one in Canada. It really is because um, Rogers had one called Show Me that failed triumphantly as well. So Yeah, because they didn't like, I think it's because Crave got their got finally got like a hit uh like show that they had made which was letter kenny 
Oh, and then they also right. got hooked into like HBO, which yes. helped them big time. Well, of course, Game of Thrones alone, you know what I mean, right there. 100%. <laughs> so let's speak on it. Are you a Game of Thrones fan before we get back into some talk? Oh, um, man, I don't know. I feel like I'm like <laughs> everyone where it's like, <laughs> I was. Okay. And now I'm just like, I just got to know, but I'm mostly just <laughs> frustrated. Like, I'm, it, it doesn't please me to watch it anymore. Are you I'm serious? I'm happy. But well, did you enjoy it when you first started watching it, or did you read the books before? Like, what pulled you into oh, this? Uh, no, I never read the books, but okay. I loved. I loved the first season. Oh, I see. Like, All right. Mostly, what I loved was like the uh, uh, Cal Drogo Khaleesi storyline. Yeah, that was like a very crazy. good one. Yes. You know when he pours when he pours gold on her brother's head? Yes. Come on, it's the best. <laughs> I know it's true. And then it was like season two when it started being just like, I, cause I was so invested in her character right. and then season two and three, I think when it was just like her wandering around. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I was pretty like, much. what's happening now? <laughs> what happened to this character? So I don't know. I feel like it's been like a slow road to just disappointment, obviously with like individual episodes along the way that have been mind blowing. Right. Yeah, of course. Like I'm not, I'm really enjoying the season. I don't, but I don't like the length of the episodes. I'm more of a 40 minute type guy. That's my threshold nowadays, unless it's like a full blown movie, but thank God game of Thrones, like especially the third episode when it was, uh, the war in the North, that was just nuts. That flew by and that was like almost an hour and a half. So that was all right. But then these, like even the last one too, as of this recording where they went to King's landing and all that destruction, that was good too. But there's some elements in between that, like okay, this and that. So my question is: Are you want? Have you seen this petition online to redo the whole final season? <laughs> have you signed this petition? Is that what you're trying to say? No, I think that's insane. <laughs> right? Like almost almost every show falls apart at the end. It's hard. I know. Don't get, don't be crazy. It's so true. Like other than I'm trying to think now, even good endings to shows like Breaking Bad was half decent. Yeah. Like, uh, I was a huge fan of Lost, so to me, the ending of Lost was a bit, it was okay, but it was less than what I expected, and right. I, I, I can't even think, like, maybe Friends, there you go, there's a good sitcom that ended on a good note, Friends was alright, it was a decent yeah. ending, even though I, mean, when I, I, I was just reading someone online today talking about, like, how, actually, at the time, everyone was like, why are Rachel and Joey <laughs> hooking up? Like, where did this yeah. come from? <laughs> I wasn't really watching Friends, but I don't know. Like, but even like Seinfeld's the best show ever. It fell apart. Oh, there you go. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's that's in my top five for sure. Seinfeld. That is true. That final episode, I wasn't a big fan of either. It's true. No, exactly. It's like it's hard because it's just like, man, you're that ma- you're that far into a show. Everything's a bit different. You're a little right. sharp, a le- little less sharp, a little less hungry. I mean, I don't know what it is with. Game of Thrones, it does seem like they're in a rush. Like, my friend pointed right? out that it's, like, probably not a coincidence that they Im- like they could have taken more time with this last season. All of a sudden, it's like they're rushing to finish the show, right. and then, oh, they're now writing the new Star Wars? Like, yeah, they were just trying to move on in their career. True, and plus now they have two spinoffs coming out of this that they're going to start uh, recording soon in the summer, so maybe that could be it as well. Who knows? What are the spinoffs? I don't know. It's, I think it's like prequels and stuff of, of, of other families or maybe of the Mad King or, and stuff like that. I can't exactly remember. I didn't read it all oh, into shit. depth. But yeah, you, you just Google it. I'm sure you'll find it. I feel like there's, I mean, if, you know, there's like, I remember when uh, the Star Wars prequels came out and everyone was like all like <laughs> pissed off about them. And then I never watched them, but I guess okay. Clone Wars came out, that animated show. Yeah, that was half, I, I actually watched it. I, I binged watched it within the span of like a month. And yeah, and everyone seems like pretty jazzed on that. Yeah, it was good. So there's like probably other ways that 
you know, you don't have to, like, redo the final season. Like, you could just, like, I don't know, someone could oh. do their own take on it in an animated way. Or I, There's other ways to, like, tell the stories if that's what people really want. That's true. I didn't even think of that. Game of Thrones as an animated series would, I think, be even better if you think about it. Yeah, you could go full anime on right? it. Right? Yeah. No, that wouldn't be too bad. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I want to talk about this show because this is quite possibly one of my favorite Canadian TV shows of all time. And that's Mr. D. Oh, shit. I, I love the whole premise because, again, I'm a huge Office fan and Mr. D sort of has that Office feel. Obviously, you got Michael Scott, that's like Jerry D, like, you, you know what I mean? Has sort of that, like, bumbling idiot, sort of, but doesn't know he's a bumbling idiot and thinks he's, like, the smartest person on earth. I just love those type of characters. And then the acting cast around with you included and, and Jonathan Torrens and all those people, it's like, oh, my God, it, it was like a perfect recipe and... I want more. Like, what's going on? Do you have any details on Mr. D? Is it officially squashed? Are you guys coming back? I haven't heard anything about this. Oh, yeah, no. That was the last season, season um, eight, I think. Oh, that's it. Yeah. Okay, so I got to go back and watch season eight then for sure. Because I think I left off at seven. Yeah, I don't know if season eight's on Netflix uh, yet. But that was like, you know, the last like four seasons kind of feel like the last season. <laughs> when you watch the final episode, you're like, okay. oh, so like Jerry's fired okay i guess that's it or like jerry's going to japan i guess that's it but no it keeps coming back to the dead <laughs> that's true <laughs> but this last season they went into it and jerry like made an announcement like this is this is the last one and so it really wraps up in a big way at the okay. very end it's got like it's got like a very final feeling to it okay that's awesome because even your character like you played a, like a young mama's boy teacher, like simon hunt did they actually say or mention ever on the show how old the character was or did you oh, just man, assume? I was, I was in limbo. Okay. Because it seemed like at one point in time you were like an 18-year-old and uh, I'm sorry, you must have good genes, but you didn't age poorly. So it seemed like you were always stuck in, like you said, in that limbo of like that early 20-ish, late 18, 19, like you know what I mean? Yeah. In my mind, my character was much older than that. Okay. And just like completely adrift in life, <laughs> like not doing well. <laughs> yeah i don't know it does i don't yeah i mean simon was so like i like playing that character because it was like it didn't matter it didn't matter it's true (laughs) it didn't matter how old i was or like where i lived or who i like what i wanted it was just kind of like this little clown who floated in and out of the episodes every once in a while (laughs) and me who likes to dabble in smoking weed every once in a while that character so emitted towards me because it seemed like he was high half the time when he was talking or doing something. It's like, are you serious? Like, don't you know what's going on in the world? It's like his head, like you said, he's just in and out and and in the clouds. That's right, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Now, again, like I just mentioned, you being looking younger in age, has that benefited you or has that hindered you in your career? Because me, it's hindered me a bit because, okay, I'm going to be turning 40 pretty soon and a up until about five years ago when I started growing, growing my beard and then all my whites came through, so now I actually look my age, people used to think I look like a 20-year-old. Like someone at my full-time job thought I was an 18-year-old. They didn't even know I was married. They laughed at me when I said I own my own home and everything. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? So from that day on, I've noticed a bit more of respect than I used to get before from them. So I just want to know in the entertainment business, as a male performer, how is it with you? Oh, I don't know. I, I've never really noticed, to be honest. Um, I think if you see me in person, you're like, nah, he looks his age. <laughs> yeah, he's got some lines on his face. He doesn't look that young. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm sure it's helped me a bit, you know. I, I mean, I like I. 
yeah, maybe the one example would be like that movie Room for Rent, which you mentioned. Right. Um, I play like a guy who's definitely younger than I am and mm-hmm. is kind of like that in the mold of like the co- like the guy who's just finished college and he's still living at home. Right. Um, and yeah, I guess like I can still play characters like that. It's harder to play like, I don't know, young dads but I don't really want to play those characters okay. yet, so I guess it works out. In my mind, it's like the characters I'm getting cast at match up with where I am mentally. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, childish of me. Now, what about Dad Drives? That's a web series. <laughs> I, okay. Oh, yeah. And because, I love this yeah, because... Yeah, I did play that. I, it, that's why I'm bringing it up. I, yeah. I live in Etobicoke, and I noticed you guys filmed this in the mean streets of Etobicoke back in the oh, day. No. Yeah. <laughs> now, how is it... Doing like I guess what was it? It was a three camera shot. Was was that what it was? You had one and then two on each oh, side. Yeah, and, it was really dangerous. Well, <laughs> I could tell half the time because I saw a couple of episodes, and when you're so called acting and driving, well, I shouldn't say so called. You were acting, but when oh, you're dear. when you're acting and driving, I noticed you looking to see if you're going to hit a car or something. And there was actually one time I I don't know you, you you could tell me right now that you almost swerved because you saw something and maybe you thought it was there, but it wasn't because you were in deep conversation or something. Yeah, I mean, that's a keen eye. I don't know if this is like... <laughs> I noticed the small really things. Did, you did your research into this show. Uh, <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, we almost got a TV phone one time because oh I God. wasn't paying enough attention. Because it was literally... Not only like, okay, so here's the three factors that are the reason this show should never have been made. Okay. Although it's like one of my favorite things I've ever been in. Um, one factor, uh, we were driving for real with three cameras, like you said. Right. But like... One of those cameras is like in the middle of the windshield on the edge. So they're like those, they're those, um, I think they were Panasonic, they could have been Sony, but just the ones that kind of look like you're taking photo cameras. Oh, you know, yes, yeah, yeah. With like the adjustable focus. So that's sure. size of a video camera. Okay. Um, DSLR, I think they're called. So like one was on the outside of the windshield, um, like strapped down to the hood, oh, wow. pointing back at us. Oh, so I see. A, a bit obscuring my vision straight ahead, but not too bad. Okay. And then one of them was over, was in, two of them were inside the car, both like yeah. sort of completely obscuring the side mirrors. Of course. And also part of my view out the window. So that's like a big factor. Secondly, I could see that. Like we're driving for real, you know, which is like some shows do that. But uh, some shows you get like towed, some shows you right. get like a, a green screen. We didn't have oh, the budget true. or the capabilities <laughs> to make this safe. Right. So we're driving for it. The third factor is I haven't had my driver's license since I was 19 years old. Oh my God. <laughs> so I was for sure illegally and also not skillfully driving. <sighs> and we did this for days on end. Uh, we did it on the highway. I right. almost veered into oncoming traffic once. And one time in Etobicoke, we almost got T-boned because I accidentally just rolled through a stop sign. Because oh. I'm acting and like, yeah. I don't want to just like, you know, they say like, well, how come when people are acting when they're driving, they spend so much time looking at the passenger when they should be looking at the road. Right. And it's true. But if you spend all your time looking at the road, it's kind of not interesting dramatically, you know? <laughs> That's true you too. Gotta, you got to connect with your partner a bit. Right. So you got to exaggerate that. So I was trying to like find that balance and whew, got close a couple of times. 
So how is it filming a web-based series versus traditional TV? I'm assuming, again, you have more deleniency. It's more laid back. It's more, I guess, like sort of like a podcast form where it doesn't matter if you fuck up or something happens. And as long as it's funny, it it makes the air, right? Yeah. I mean, that one was like, as far as web series go, that one was closer to a traditional thing. You know, like some web series really just go for it and it's just like nuts. True. Um, But that one is like, we had it sort of way we wanted to do it it was pretty tightly planned by dan the other uh, the guy who played the son in the show right which is like he produced it he wrote it he did it all directed it um but yeah i mean because it's like extremely low budget extremely small crew you can redo things easier you don't have to worry about like um people's time moving on uh just things just take longer the more crew you have the bigger the production of course um yeah, obviously. So, I don't know. In that way, it was much more relaxed. Yeah, it was pretty relaxed. And then we made a TV pilot for that. Oh, we like okay. Wanna, we want to pitch competition for Bite TV, uh, which, if you're not from Ontario, I guess I think they so, make. Yeah. Uh, they mostly just make like lifestyle and like reality shows. You know, pretty much home yeah. and garden type stuff. It's like a lifestyle uh, channel or something. Yeah, exactly. And um, so they were briefly going to make comedy. Oh. Uh, and they did that. They made like a few comedies. We made a pilot for them. And then while they were deciding whether to turn our pilot into a show, someone at the channel was like, uh, we're just going to go back to lifestyle stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Don't tell me you guys are the one who veered them away from comedy. Who, who knows? <laughs> I mean, I think maybe they looked at a show where two guys in their early 30s are playing each other's dad and son. <laughs> oh, my God. Maybe they were like, ah, oh, this isn't quite a show we could sell. Yeah, but you guys won, like, if I'm not mistaken, a few awards, like at least a couple awards for for the writing and I think the acting of that. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think it turned out pretty well. People liked it, but not a lot of people saw it because not a lot of people knew where to find it. You know what, that, uh, again, and back then, when was this recorded? 2015? 2016? Yeah, about that, yeah. Okay, so yeah, streaming was just starting, I guess, to be popular versus how it is now, and people don't know how to search for stuff, and obviously, the older generation, no one, they just want their remote, and that's it, and they stick to their three channels that they're comfortable with, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, and it's like, I didn't begrudge anyone, I was like, I know this is a weird show, like, if I was to tell, like, most of my family members, this is a show where I put on a fake mustache and play my friend's dad. (laughs) They'd be like, nah, I don't think I want that. <laughs> hey, <laughs> to each his own. Where they cast real people. <laughs> All right, how about most recently? You star in Cavendish alongside with Andrew Bush. And what is it? It's a show about two brothers who go back to the Maritimes to visit their dad or something? Yeah, exactly. And then the small town we're from is like full of superstitions that may or may not be real. Oh, there you go. Okay, because at first, w- w- when I saw this, I'm sorry to say, when I saw Cavendish, being from tr- the Toronto area... I love myself some Cavendish French fries, and I thought it was about you guys growing up on the, like the Cavendish farms, uh, working with potatoes or something. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of people would have preferred that. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's a it's yet another entry into the fantasy reality genre that I love so much. You know? So are you? And a lot of people from PEI got so mad about it. Why? So mad. Why? It's all. It's come on, man. It's all fantasy. I know. I don't know why they really thought we were dragging them through the mud. They were, like, oh. personally offended. It was oh, like, weird, man. It is so weird. weird. That is, like, even the first pilot episode where you guys have the monster, that whatever, again, I have a really short-term memory and my, my head sucks, but from what I remember, 
it was a monster that came and you guys had to feed it and couldn't come out at a certain time or else it would eat you or something. So, and then they all thought it was actually real. And then everyone in the town, like from the doctors to the police, everybody was in on this where they actually thought there was a so-called Bigfoot or Sasquatch living there. Yeah, the beast. Yeah, the beast, exactly. that's it. Thank you. Yeah, you know, it's based on like, you know, obviously it's an exaggeration and it's goofy and it's just for comedy. But uh, oh, of course, you know, small, small towns have superstitions and sometimes they're irrational and everyone, but everyone just buys into them. So uh, we just wanted to play with that, you know, because we were like talking to some people when we were in the writer's room and they were like, oh, yeah, I went to this town in Ireland where if a girl gets pregnant, they all go to this bridge and they like give like a little prayer to the fairies what for like the... a, a happy delivery. You know, it's just like one of those little no. things where it's like people believe in fairies in that town or in another town. People believe in something else. You know, it's just like it's true. We'll have superstition. So we just like, okay, let's crank that to 11. <laughs> let's have fun with it. Let's make it like a live action cartoon. And a lot of people really loved it. And then some people really hated it. <laughs> Are you all oh, again, like you said, I guess the people from PEI, right? Yeah, you mostly just them. But also <laughs> some like older people who were like, My tax dollars. Oh my god. My tax dollars shouldn't be paying for a show about a monster. <sighs> uh, well, just, you're always gonna have the good with the bad, right? <laughs> yeah, Canada's funny that way, man. Everyone <laughs> just wants the same boring ass shit. All the time. Again, it's, I mean? it's what they're comfortable with. Just like I said, they, they're comfortable with their three. Like, even my mom, God bless her soul, growing up, the only two channels she watched was Channel 4 CFMT because it had Portuguese uh, uh, TV shows on there. And then she switched to CTV because she used to love Lloyd Robertson at, at 11 p.m. That's the only yeah. person she trusts to deliver her news. <laughs> so and then, then it's like, those are the only two channels she cared about. And, and obviously, back then, we had, still had the dial and uh, on the TV and shit. So that's all she wanted. And she was content. Yeah, I mean, that's how most people watch TV, I think, or at least an entire generation watches TV. But, uh, you know, it's it's tough because Canada always talks about like, oh, we can't just, you know, like it's it's mostly like senior citizens watching the CBC. Now we got to like, it's true, we got to find a way to reach that younger audience. And then you're like, well, what about this shit? And they're like, ah, the seniors don't like it. <laughs> you're like, yeah, I know. That's the whole point. <laughs> like, but they're, you know, don't you... Don't you want the next generation that's going to become seniors? And they're like, ah, we were wrong about that. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, you know, they, they want it, but they don't. They'll take a risk, but then they'll pull the plug early. It's it's weird. Yeah. So are you a big superstitious type of guy, big into the conspiracy theories? No, but, you know, I do stupid little superstitious things. Like when I'm watching my, you know, when I'm watching the Raptors play and I, you know, I'll knock on wood a bunch, you know. I like really? I have like those little sports superstitions that are stupid, you know, I'll like, you know, like, it's not like, I'm not like an active believer in God, but if I'm in like a tight spot, all of a sudden I might find myself <laughs> saying a little prayer. Sure. You know, like basic things, you know, I, you know, I get afraid on airplanes. I feel like I'm the one who's going to crash. You know, I just, I feel like pretty common ones. You know, most recently I've been having that problem where it's even to the point I do the sign of the cross and do a prayer every time we take off and everything. And I have my routine every time yeah. we take off on a plane. So yeah, I, I totally understand. Like those little things, it's true. Yeah. yeah, just the little ones that crop up when you're in a really tight spot, you know, the kind of things where like if there, if I were God and people only prayed to me in those scenarios, I'd be like, what the fuck? <laughs> what about when everything's going well? Come on. It's true. Okay, so you just said it. You brought up the Raptors. So you're a huge Raptors fan then, I assume. Oh, yeah. So am I. I love the Raptors. What do you think? As of this recording, they just lost game one. 
so yeah. of the Eastern tough Conference loss. final. It was a tough loss because they had such a big lead throughout the game and they were looking good at, at the beginning. And Lowry had like pretty much his best game of all time in the playoffs. Is that safe to yeah. say? Looked amazing. Yeah. <clears throat> what do you What do you think? Honestly, put aside being a fan, do you think they have what it takes to beat the Bucks? Yeah, I mean, so there's like one great thing and then one terrifying thing. The great thing is, I just read the statistic. Okay. Every Raptor except Lowry went 0 for 15 in the fourth quarter. Shut up. No, that's wow. true. So like, so the great thing is Kawhi's not going to play that bad again. No, I like, hope not. They game planned for him. He had a bad game. He's been missing his mid-range shot for the past three games. Right. Like, So it's tough, but yeah. he's Kawhi. He's a dream. He's a superstar. He'll be fine. <laughs> the terrifying thing is that Giannis also had a bad game. Yes. For him. And so if he, like, I don't think Brooke Lopez is going to shoot a million threes again. But yeah, uh, I don't think so. Because he, like, he had a career high game too, right? Yeah, he looks amazing, man. And as someone who hates the Lakers, oh, okay. that felt so good. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. Payback. Just remember, do you remember they, they gave him up so they could sign Michael Beasley? Come on. I know. Beasley. Anyway. But anyway, so it's like, I don't know. I feel like there's a chance that next game the Raptors could win. But I also feel like there's a chance Giannis could go crazy and the Raptors could get torched. I don't know. I'm kind of scared, but I don't feel like... I felt like I was feeling like really worried the last two rounds because I felt like those were rounds that the Raptors should win. Easily. Now that they're underdogs, I'm kind of more like chill about it. I'm like, oh. come on, let's do it. But if right. we lose, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I guess. I see where you're coming from because you're not expecting... Like I, I even said it, I'm... I said for sure they're going to make it to the Eastern Conference, 50-50 to the final. You, you right. know what I mean? So anything above that or beyond, I'm totally content like, like you. But I just don't like watching. And again, this is why I have such a gripe on team sports and everything now because everything is so structured and everything is so technical now. Everyone knows all the secrets and ins and outs. Everyone's a good coach if you have the right uh, players that mesh together where it's so hard where you find that little lining where someone fucks up where it's just whatever. But basketball is always one in the last five minutes of the game. And to me as a fan, it's like, why watch the first if you could just watch that last five and then not get pissed off because my wife has described too, like, God bless her soul, she loves sports and she's into the whole spirit of watching basketball and everything. And even she wants to watch Raptors more than I do, to tell you the truth. So we're watching, but then the last two minutes, she's like, again, again? Why is the last two minutes taking an hour and a half? What's wrong with this? But that's why you can't just watch the last two minutes because they're the most frustrating part. The first half is always so like, oh, it's just like what you love about the game. You know, it's free flowing. It's I great. Yes, I see where you're coming the last from. Last five minutes makes you want to kill yourself. But it's you so see what I'm saying? At the same time, if you're now going through that whole first hour and a half of watching, you only have this little part, so it's not as frustrating because you haven't watched the full game, right? Fair enough. So Fair it's enough. almost like ignorance is bliss sort of thing. <laughs> I hear you. You know what? I got to give it a shot. <laughs> well, <laughs> I think, I'm definitely tearing my hair out by the end. Yeah, it's like hockey. I'm a huge hockey fan too. And hockey is one of those sports where you could watch the whole game because unless it's like a blowout 6 nothing, obviously. But that's one of the sports where if it's because it's always usually one, two, three goal difference. You know, football is another one. Anything could happen. You could have a bunch of fumbles. The defense could just break down. It could go crazy. Same thing in mixed martial arts. Some guy could come out of nowhere, knock a guy out. Like there's all these factors that could make you watch the whole thing except right. for basketball and almost pretty much baseball is sort of like that too right 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 yeah i mean i hear you it's there's a lot of reasons not to 
I still feel like <laughs> I still feel like I gotta watch the whole thing. Um, also because I don't know, like at least against the Sixers, I think until the last game, right? It was like whoever won the first ten minutes of the game okay. won the game. It was crazy. It was like consistent. Right. So you're like hoping. It's like the first ten minutes almost feels as stressful as the end. You're just like, come on, let's put it to right. Me. But uh, I will say that like I've been watching just the ends of some of the other series, mm-hmm. and because uh, I'm not as invested. Of and course. you're right, I feel pretty good. <laughs> I'm just like, hey, that happened. Okay, no sweat. <laughs> exactly. So, is basketball your favorite sport, or do you have something else that you prefer over basketball? Oh no, yeah, it's basketball. Yeah, that's the only one that I'm kind of crazy about. That's it. Well, are you a pro wrestling fan? No, I was as a kid though. Oh, okay. I, so I, I watched WrestleMania uh, at some friend's house okay and how uh, was that coming back into it it was fun you know it oh, was cool okay. i didn't give a shit so i just got to like enjoy it and uh Good i saw you. that match where it ended with i can't even remember who he was fighting but it was shane mcmahon versus someone okay it was the miz the miz that's right right and it ended with him like clobbering him on the back and then she like <laughs> no wait i'm getting it confused with the gif i saw anyway it just ended with like that insane uh, drop like what it is that's insane move where they both like ended up crashing like 20 feet down yeah they that. suplexed each other off like uh i don't know a steel that's beam or something a platform and landed like 20 feet down yeah 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 yeah. uh i've seen i've forgotten all of the words like suplex <laughs> <laughs> anyway that was awesome i was like this rules and then everything else after that i was like ah this isn't so fun so but, but- still good you see, no, good for you for being like that because I have a lot of friends too that used to obviously watch. Okay, being, especially in the late 90s, that was like the best era. You, you got a little bit of Hulk Hogan, you got a little bit of the Stone Cold, so you got to see like the best two eras of all time, right? And then growing up, obviously, you weren't a John Cena fan because it wasn't cool to be John Cena fan. Then you fell out of it, you know what I mean? But I stayed. I stayed through the rough years. Don't ask me why. I've always been a fan my whole life. There's just something about that whole theatrical thing about, yeah. I don't know, everything. Just the storytelling, I just love it. Anyways. I get it. But, I mean, I, like, I fell out at the craziest time to fall out. I, oh. I fell out, like, when it was at its peak. Oh, wow. Like, or, like, right before that. So, like, I, I loved it when it was, like, Hulk Hogan and yeah. Macho Man and sure. Ultimate Warrior was of my course. guy. Okay. Which, in hindsight, not great. <laughs> <laughs> Should have stuck with someone else. Uh, but then, right when, like, WCW started climbing uh. and then all of that crazy cool shit that eventually like you know yeah the nwx and like yeah the cool wars and then like eventually getting to like the rock and stone cold by the time the rock and stone cold came out <laughs> i was like out i wasn't watching anymore so i'd hear from my friends who were like right. have you seen this I'm yeah like, nah, i don't know i don't know what that is <laughs> so there's like a small bit of me that was thinking like should i get back into it and then after that whenever it was like oh, i got bad or it got worse or whatever. I was like, all right. Well, I'm and it's an investment clear. now too. It's not like before. When we were kids, it was like an hour, two hour tops. Now it's like friggin' 12 hours worth of television every week if you want to be caught up with everything. And it's yeah. really a very hardcore investment. Like luckily, like I usually fast forward through everything. I give everything. So I just get the basis. So I'm not to- completely lost because I've had ex-WWE guys on the show. I've had indie wrestlers on the show. So I want to sort of stay into tune because, again, I like wrestling. I'm, I'm a fan of it. So I, yeah. I, I like to talk about these guys, see what they go through and the background stories and all that shit. So I, I keep in touch. But I have a friend 
who fell out of it, loved it, like he loved it as much as I did. Then he starts watching. He's like, I can't watch this shit. What the fuck did he do to this shit? This is not like how it used to be back in the day. And he was so negative. It's like he didn't want to shed that. And that's why I'm giving you props for going in like, oh, I'm all gung-ho. I'm going to love this shit like as if I loved it when I was a kid. Oh, yeah, man. It's like (laughs) the one thing I hate about being a basketball fan is like sometimes I feel like I'm such a fan that I'm not even enjoying it anymore. Uh, I'm like, well, what the fuck was all this for? Because it's like pointless, you know, it's like. It's just for fun, but then you get so invested that it stops being fun. So anyway, just like getting to watch wrestling and just be like, I don't give a shit. I don't know who these people are. Right. I don't know what their gimmicks are. That's true too. Right? I don't know. So just like let me watch, and it was fun. It was you like know what? the longest thing I've ever seen in my oh, life. Oh my god! It was, if you watch it from start to finish, it was in a. Uh, I, yeah, I That's actually, crazy. I watched it live because I recapped it because I usually do a quarterly recap of the big pay-per-views with a podcast overseas in the UK and we, we watch the shows and we review them and shit. And yeah, that was the longest, I think it was seven hours of my life ever. Oh my and God. it was like, this is, I, I must really love to podcast because for me to do this, like, fuck, man. Yeah, that was amazing. That's amazing. I'm trying to think, like, I can't even remember what happened in the match. I was just like, okay, well, cool, man. I love it. And again, I envy you for coming in like that because you're not jaded by the people who say this guy sucks because of this. You're literally making up your own judgment in your mind of who you like and who you don't right away. And that's awesome because there's some guys I don't like because someone said something and then I noticed it after and it's like, oh yeah, that's right. No, now I really don't like him. It's like, oh fuck, but I used to like him so much. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I found like uh, some of the people that I was supposed to not like. I was like, oh, but they wrestle fun. I kind of like them a lot. Exactly. Like, uh, like Ric Flair's daughter. I was into her. Okay, right. I was like, she's got some moves. I like what she's doing. Yeah, she's pretty athletic. She's half decent. Again, but uh, she's not my cup of tea, though. I don't know. There's something about her that just doesn't click with me. Fair enough. Hey, again, to each his own. That's right. Now, on a more serious note, have you ever done serious roles other than comedy? Do you want to do serious roles? Are you ever looking to break into the drama? Or, like, I'm a huge horror fan. Would you ever want to be in a horror movie, so to speak? Like, something like that? Yeah, I want to try everything. I I, I mean, like, especially genres that I love, you know, so like, right. if I ever got a chance to be in like, a kind of high flying adventure, you know, spielberg type of thing. There you go. You know, I'd be, I'd be extremely down with that. And I like horror movies. Uh, I'm not like a horror nut or anything, right. but um, it would be fun to get killed. actually you know what or how about being like an extra like uh have you heard so many people uh so-called celebrities been on the game of thrones as an extra they've been on the walking dead as an extra where they just walk around as a zombie just to be in it to be in it yeah Uh (laughs) so that would be pretty cool (laughs) i feel like i've spent enough time like getting makeup prosthetics on my face to know what a nightmare that is okay so i don't know if i'd want to just be like a zombie in the background of a show like i feel like the process of getting prosthetics put on your face and then taken off right fuck it sucks it (laughs) sucks uh i can't believe guys like like Michael Dorn, who played like Worf (gasps) on Star Trek. Right, I'm a huge Next Generation fan, so talk away. I mean, just the idea that he was in that makeup chair for four hours a day for—I don't know how many years that show was on the air, but years. And then even after, because he was on Deep Space Nine or something. Right. Yeah. Just like man, like kill me. Like I know, like (laughs) it's acting. Acting's fun. Obviously, you're getting paid. Yeah. You got to leap at that opportunity, but I'm sure. There were many days when he looked over at, at like, uh, the other characters whose 
you know, just like getting a bit of like powder on their faces and walking out of the chair. <laughs> they probably thought like, fucking kill me, man. What <laughs> is happening? Oh my God. Well, speaking of uh, horror genres and comedians being on horror genres, have you heard that Chris Rock is going to reboot the Saw franchise? Just reading it on Twitter right now. It's, it's in my uh, trends. Wow. Column. See that? I'm yeah. sort of a psychic here on the show sometimes. <laughs> But that's pretty cool, though, if you think about it, because he says he's a huge fan. He's always wanted to do something like that. And that's what I mean. Like, would you like to take hold, like sort of so-called be the next, uh, what's his name? I always forget. The guy who did Lost, who does Star Wars now. Oh, J.J. Abrams? Yes. Do you want to be like a J.J. Abrams and take old uh, IPs and turn them into something that's just as cool as it used to be back in the day? No. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. No, I don't. No, I do not. You, uh, so you would not want to at least write one episode of Star Wars or something? Oh, yeah. I'd, okay. love, to, like, I'd love to write one thing of something. Okay, so, okay, okay. That's fair. Like, I love those dudes, uh, uh, Lord and Miller, who did like um, – like they started out on – I hope I'm not getting them confused along the way. But like they started out on Clone High, okay. uh, which is like one of the greatest cartoons ever. And then they wrote like um, – the Lego movie, and they wrote that amazing 21 Jump Street reboot. Okay, right. Uh, I don't think I'd want to go as deep into that as they do, but uh, although I'm sure it's made them, like, filthy rich. Fair. But I do like the idea of, like, what they did, what they did with 21 Jump Street is, like, if I ever had to do something like that, that wouldn't, I wouldn't, I would like that. (laughs) Right. Well, it's true, because that is one of the few that have actually made the good transition of either rebooting or restarting or prequel, sequel, whatever you want to call it, that actually could stand on its own, right? Totally, yeah. That's just like a fun movie. It doesn't matter if you know the cheesy TV show or not. No, it's true. But I think, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not as interested in, like, just getting involved with other people's, you know, IP. I'm, I'm more, I'd more be into, like, you know, trying to live that Tina Fey life where... You just make shows. You just make shows. And then you help other people that you like make shows. And that sounds rad. How about being a part of the MCU uh, world? Would you want to take Uh, a crack at that? No. I wouldn't. Like, I'd want that paycheck for sure. But I wouldn't want it creatively. That's I think it's, you know, it's fine. It's good. And you know what? You know how much pressure and you know how much, like, even with any, I don't know. Have you watched Endgame? Are are you a big uh, Marvel fan? Um. I've seen a lot of the movies. I haven't seen Endgame yet. I usually see them all like two years after. Okay, fair. But okay, I'm not going to spoil or anything, but a lot of people, for as many people who loved it, there's still that fraction that hated it and saying that, oh, you didn't honor this, you didn't honor that, whatever, whatever. And it's like, obviously, why would you want it exactly word for word, scene for scene, as in the actual comics? Just go grab the comic then if you want it like that. That's it. Yeah, it's very weird, man. People feel like fan culture right now, it's... It's good because it's promoting things, but it's right. bad because it's like this weird entitlement to stuff where it's just like, man, shut the fuck up. <laughs> it's, well, it's because everyone has a voice now, right? Th- that's the problem. Yeah, it fe- and it feels amplified, you know, because right. something trends on Twitter for two days. It feels bigger than it was. But like all those, everyone who's like going crazy about like The Force Awakens on yeah. Star Wars. Is that the Star Wars movie that everyone went nuts about? I think just so. Just crazy. To me, it was decent. I didn't mind it. It was good. It was what it. it was. I mean, I liked it more than any other Star Wars movie since, like, honestly, since Empire Strikes Back. Like, oh, wow. I liked it more than Return of the Jedi. Well, and I, I didn't. I didn't like Return. Ever... 
My, my favorite Star Wars is uh, Empire Strikes Back. I, didn't, I wasn't a big fan of Return of the Jedi. I don't know no, why. Return, Return of the Jedi is not great. <laughs> no, it's not. It's got that great final fight scene with like Luke, but like right. all, the shit, all the shit with the Ewoks is like, okay. <laughs> exactly, right? And I don't know. I'm, I'm going to get a lot of grief for this, but I'm going to say that I don't care. The Revenge of the Sith. I think that was a great movie. I don't know why. Just to see the rise of Darth Vader, because yeah. I'm a huge Darth Vader fan and, and of the dark side and all that. And to see that story being told to me, I, that was good. Good enough. Yeah, I don't me. even remember. Like I was, I feel like I gotta. I want to kind of like I tried to rewatch the Phantom Menace because I was like, surely it's not as bad oh, as I remember. No, that one's horrible. Like, no, it's, it's incredibly bad. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> but uh, um, uh, I would like to rewatch Revenge of the Sith. But like when I was watching Force Awakens, like, and I feel like I mean, it's similar to Jedi, where it's like, yeah. yeah, I didn't love the whole thing, but there's individual scenes where, like, the scene in the throne room, mm-hmm. fucking rules. Yeah, and then. Uh, a lot of the visuals, like the scene, like that final fight with Luke in that like desert or whatever, yep. when those like uh, ships are kicking up the red sand, it oh, looks yeah, yeah. so cool. That's right. And obviously, there's some other scenes where I'm like, this is the, this is the corniest shit I've ever seen in my life. Of course, but it's also Star Wars, you know. I know. Like the, for like a New Hope has that corny scenes, you know. Empire has most definitely scenes that could have gone corny that actually somehow came together right. like i talking to a puppet for 25 minutes <laughs> i know right that's true <laughs> like i mean i don't know nothing's as corny as walking into the cantina in a new hope and seeing that oh, fucking wow. jazz band i know and and i'm sorry the puppetry wasn't to par back then i don't people know. really make a big deal out of puppets and give cgi a, a bad rap but cgi is fun in its own way and puppets are shittier than we all remember. It's true, <laughs> there's right? There's some great ones, but there's some shitty ones. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> oh. Well, you also do stand-up. Yeah. And you still, to this day, do stand-up, because I noticed the other day you were at uh, the comedy bar here in Toronto, and you, you did a set there. Yeah. I do mean, you... I don't like, I'm not like going, I feel like I'm not trying to turn myself into a professional stand-up comedian anymore, but I still okay. do sets here and there and just kind of stay sharp and have fun with it. Well, that's what I was going to say. So it keeps you going and, I guess, be more creative. So you're always sort of type of writing or jotting stuff down, right? Yeah. And also, like, it's just like it keeps you in your voice. Like, it keeps you sort of aware of how you do jokes, which is, like, transferable to every other form of comedy. Right. It's just like a really, like, it's good. It's like a good way to just, I don't know. Keep honing yourself, I guess. Keep turning yourself into the perfect blade. <laughs> <laughs> and plus, you're performing in front of people, so you don't go over time not performing in front of a live audience and then get those jitters again, right? That's right. Yeah, absolutely. So that's awesome. Yeah, okay. I'm trying to do more stand-up. I'm trying to do more improv. I've oh, got nice. another sketch show. I'm just that. trying to do more like, live comedy because I'm, right. I'm working a lot in the TV world now. And, mm-hmm. You know, if you go a couple months without doing anything live, right. you get into the booth and you start to feel like, Oh, I'm a little bit clumsy. Mm-hmm. I'm a little bit like uh, not confident. I don't know. That's what I find anyway. Well, that's fair. Now, is this, I would think this would be a, a, a pinnacle of someone's career in stand up where you got to perform on Conan or Conan yeah. or Conan, however you want to say it. Again, maybe my Trontonian accent's coming out a bit there. But on Conan, on how was that whole experience to, to be on, on a stage where so many comics prior before you were considered legends that were there before? It's cool. I mean, like, I don't think I made too much out of it because it it's like, yeah, there's been a lot of legends who have performed on, like, late night shows, Conan, wherever, like, The Tonight Show. There have also been a lot of comics you've never heard of. <laughs> Fair. Yeah, that's true. So I was like, this is awesome. It was, like, definitely a cool experience. 
like a crazy experience. I'm not, I don't want to undersell it. Um, yeah. It was like getting to meet Conan and like be in that dressing room. Right. Ludacris was on the show. Oh, like, come on. I'm a huge 90s and 2000s hip hop fan. Oh, that's awesome, man. Yeah. Uh, I got to meet Ludacris. Actually, go. I got to meet him at the end of the show, at the beginning of the show, because it was like Ludacris and Keith Urban. Okay. And uh, at the beginning of the show, like the producer came backstage and they're like, Use dressing room. We're so glad to have you. Right. Is there anything we can do for you? And I was like, I noticed Ludacris is on that show. It's on the show. Is there any chance I can meet him? Because I'm a big fan. Of course. And then he was like, he was like, I'm going to look into it. <laughs> okay. So then he came back and he was like, Ludacris is busy, unfortunately. Okay. But do you want to meet Keith Urban? <laughs> and I was like, Uh-oh. Nah, that's okay. <laughs> I know. Like I like I honestly don't even. I barely know who Keith Urban is. I know, I know. to look at him. Exactly. I'm the same way. I know of him and what he does, but I wouldn't be able to converse with him because I don't know anything about him. Like, you know what I mean? It's like like talking to a complete stranger. I don't want to walk up to him and be like, hey, man, so what's it like being Nicole Kidman's husband? (laughs) That's all I know about you. It's all I know about you. It's true. It's true. That, and he's a country star or something. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Let's keep going with Conan. So, you got to meet Ludacris in the end, obviously, just like you said, you met him at the end. I got to shake his hand and I got to have that experience that everyone who meets a Hollywood oh, no. well, ish celebrity has, which is like which is? you have never seen a smaller man. Oh my god. Ludacris was bathing in a thimble when I met him. He was so small. He's the smallest man I've ever seen in my life. Oh wow. He's honestly like the size of Prince. He's just a tiny, tiny man. Really? Wow. Yeah, at the end of the show he like crawled into the wall and scurried <laughs> away. It was fucked. I was like, Ludacris, come back. Oh my god. I think that's why he made him like all of it in all of his music videos. He always had like cartoonishly big features. You know how he would use those effects. Because I think he was just like, I don't want to stand on a box, so I'll just do this. Confuse everyone. Have everyone think I'm taller than five one or something like that. Whatever he is, he's small. Well, you know what? That makes a lot of sense now, and why he was cast on Fast and the Furious because Vin Diesel isn't that tall either. So for Ludacris to come in Uh and to take the spotlight had to be someone shorter, right? That's right, yeah. Smaller and smaller. That's the Hollywood formula. Smaller and smaller. Oh, so I could only imagine the rock on set. He must feel like he's a giant. Yeah. I bet he's not even that tall. Do you know how tall is he? You I, probably know. If I would have to guess, I'd say six in between six four and six six. That's a fair uh, guess. So that's Yeah. That's, well he used to yeah, play football actually, too. Actually in the CFL. He you he, he used to play a little bit in the CFL for the Stampeders. I didn't know that. Well, he made the practice squad and that's about it. Then it got cut. <laughs> So he, he couldn't have been that good of an uh, of a football player, but you know what? In the end, it all worked out, right? Yeah, he's probably still pretty good, you know. <laughs> I think good. so. I don't think he's complaining right now. <laughs> oh yeah, totally. Okay, so speaking of '90s and early 2000s hip hop, I'm a huge fan, like I said, and I noticed that you like to rap. Is this correct? Yeah, I mean, it's sort of a sordid part of my past, but I use it sometimes for comedy now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what would you rap about, please? Yeah, well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Was it rhyming at least rap, or was it like you know, like how the kids do it nowadays? Obviously, it wasn't like the mumble rapping shit that people listen to now. But oh, man. I wish I had pioneered that. Are you kidding me? I know, right? Guy. But uh, no, I you know I briefly wanted to do it, but I was never like good at it for real. Right? Not even close. Um. But I started, like, I don't know. I, like, I know how to, like, carry a rhythm or whatever. Like, I know how to, and I know how to kind of, like, freestyle rhymes to a certain extent, to a very low, acceptable for comedy, not acceptable for a rap battle. 
extent. You gotcha. Know I mean? Like in a rap battle, I would get <laughs> beaten up. <laughs> I would get murdered for being so bad that I would offend them. But uh, so I've just I don't know. I've done like stupid little raps here and there, but mostly I just do it if I have like a very specific bit in mind. So like okay. that was like the main thing I did on Conan was this rap bit, which was fun. It went over pretty well. <laughs> would you like to hear what it is? Please, right, I'll, I'll explain it. You're like that's gonna make it better. It's Go not, for it. It's not gonna sound funny, but I won't really explain what the bit is. But I'll just say what the back backstory was. Okay, is I was in Halifax at a music festival, and um, the Jizza from Wu Tang Clan was doing like a solo show, right? And he was performing Liquid Swords. Okay, um, and like I know that that's like his famous album, but I also never really listened to it. Like I don't know what that. I've I've heard it like a couple times, but I'm not like super fan of it right um but he was performing that and uh okay. he was there and he was clearly not that stoked to be in halifax you know he wasn't like <laughs> this is it i gotta give these people the best show of my life right. he was just noticeably bored on stage oh no and uh so like half the time he was just like looking at his phone okay <laughs> but the other half of the time he was like rapping yeah but he would like start the line, but he wouldn't finish the rhyme. Mm. He would like, you know, do that thing where you pass the mic, you like point the mic at the audience. Oh, okay. And they yeah. you know, like as a group say the rest of the line. Sure. I was standing about 20 rows back. Okay. I would say that the first two or three rows were super fans and they knew mm. every word. So when he oh, would wow. pass it to them, it probably sounded to him like the whole audience knew the words. Okay. But I was standing so far back that. I couldn't even hear what they were saying. So I was with this group of people who we would hear the beginning of a rhyme. Good. And then as soon as it came time for the rhyme part, silence. Oh, no. And it was just like that for the entire show. Oh, no. And at first it was frustrating. And then it was so funny. So I was like, well, I don't know what he's saying. I don't right. know any of this. Yeah. I'm supposed to fill this in, but I don't know it well enough. Oh, my God. And he's, he's just like, and he was doing it so lazy. So lazy. Okay. It was so funny. So anyway, I was just like, I got home that night and I was like, that's a bit. I just watched like a bit. I just have to take that and Dude. exaggerate it. Yeah. And then I'll play the rapper who expects too much from his audience. There you go. And then, yeah, that became the bit that I did on Conan where I just passed the mic to them too much and nobody knows the words. Nice. Now I have to Google it and, and see what this is all about then for sure. <laughs> Check it out, my man. <laughs> I will, and and you know me already. I catch those those little things, so I I want to see how good you actually are. Oh yeah, you're gonna even notice your like. So I noticed you looked a little uncomfortable in a suit. Was that the first time you'd ever worn a suit? <laughs> that was pretty much the first time. Or were you just nervous because I could see the the thoughts in your head moving around what you're gonna say to Ludacris when you meet him later on? God, yeah, I did start out with a Ludacris joke, sort of, but uh, they cut that from the final broadcast. <laughs> <laughs> I had to make a little joke. Oh, of course. Why not? Why not? Okay, before we go into the Dumb Laws game, I got one more thing I want to touch on. Okay. Above everything else that you do in your career and all the acting and all the stand-up and all the writing, you still manage to find time to put out a podcast. Uh, yes. Like here, I thought I'm doing something good where I've, I put out a weekly podcast, knock on wood. I've been doing this for over two years. I've never missed an episode. And here I have a nice accomplishment, patting myself on the back. And then someone like you comes along who has this huge career and still is able to do a podcast with good content and quality. Like, I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> I'll take that. Yeah, I don't know. It's fun, though. You know what I mean? You got to do, do the fun parts. Well, it's true. And especially on this podcast, 
like I don't want to again re- reveal or pull the curtain back, but you play a character called Roly. Is that correct? Yeah, you can pull the curtain back, man. Okay. We're not too precious. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't. I don't want to screw up your bid in case it's some sort of bid or something. I don't know. Oh my god, no! It's this is the loosest podcast <laughs> in the history of time. Like we sell ourselves out in the first minute of every episode. It's, <laughs> it's a nightmare. <laughs> So explain it for those who've never listened to it or for those who want to listen to it. What is exactly My Gorgeous Son? It's crazy. So yeah, it's like uh, I play, it's another show where I play my friend's dad. Oh, wow. You have some kind of fetish with this thing, eh? What's going on? with? Do you have have dad issues maybe? Sort of? For sure. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I'm not even going to hide that. Um, So, uh, but yeah, like uh, I've read my friend Andy Bush who's on Cavendish with me and right. was in Picnic Face with me. Nice. Um, he, uh, he, like in the story of this podcast, he's doing a podcast with his dad, Roly, played by me. And I have started this podcast for him, uh, who I, I call him my gorgeous son. Okay. And I'm, he's like a beautiful boy that I'm trying to help get ahead in life because he's failed so much. Okay. You know? We right. kind of play with like Andy's real career, like going to Hollywood, working for Funny or Die, failing, coming oh home, <laughs> and then we just exaggerate the rest. And every episode, I bring in a different guest to like help my son, but it just okay. always goes it goes nuts. Right? We travel through time, we kill things, we make up <laughs> make up products and sing our own commercials, and we just kind of like it's fun. It's like a free for all because right. it just comes from like you know and. I work in TV so much now that, right. you know, there's a lot of rules. Things take a lot of time. You've got to like, you can't just like say anything, you know, right. especially if you're making a show for like CBC or if you're making a kid's show, like of course. there's rules. But like <laughs> on a podcast, it's like you can sit in a booth once a week with your friends and go fucking bananas. Yep. That's why <laughs> I do just it. walk away. Yeah. It's good therapy too, I find. <laughs> oh, it's, it's nice. <laughs> yeah. All right. You ready for the dumb laws game? All right, so I'm going to give you four dumb laws from four different states. One of these dumb laws is an actual dumb law that's still in force to this day. Gotcha. The other ones are either made up or used to be or whatever, for whatever reason they are. All right? No particular order. In Nebraska, it is illegal to hunt, kill, and eat bobcats. Okay. Okay. In South Carolina, it is illegal to mix semen with alcohol to form a drink oh my god okay that's my favorite one okay in west West virginia it is illegal to train a dog to train a dog yes period period just to train a dog period you're not allowed to train yes Uh, i can't believe that one but keep going if that's the true one this could be crazy or is it in Maine, it is illegal to step out of a plane in flight. Wow. Okay. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to cross down. the West Virginia one out. It's too absurd to me. And if it turns out to be true, I will mix my own semen <laughs> drink and chug it on this day. <laughs> but I refuse to accept it unless it's proven. Okay, um, you know what? Let, let's lay it to rest. It's not that one. So we'll take that one okay. out. Done. Whew. I wasn't going to pick that one. Um, so, hunt, kill, and eat bobcat. Uh, mix your semen with a drink or step out of a plane as it's flying. Illegal. I feel like that's illegal everywhere. 
No, um, not to sway your vote, but think about this. Skydivers. That's stepping out of a plane while it's in motion, oh, right? Very interesting. Not to sway um, your vote. I'm just saying I'm, you know, I'm just So here. that law would be like skydiving is illegal in Maine. Could be. That would be like the implication there. Okay. Could okay. be. Could be. Sure. Um, fuck. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to go with, I'm going to, this is tough. I'm going to go with the Bobcat one. A. I'm going Bobcat. But I'm secretly hoping it's B, the semen one. No. In Nebraska, you could hunt and kill and eat bobcat. You could actually hunt anything. They have really no restrictions other than their season of hunting. You could hunt whatever you want in Nebraska. That was a stupid choice. Why did I think that? That was a really dumb choice. It, was, it sounded like the most normal one, but that would make sense. It's the least dumb law. I right? fucked up. I fucked up. Okay, which one is it? <clears throat> For everyone's sake, especially in South Carolina, it is the main one. It is illegal to step out of a plane in flight. Oh, man. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. And you know what? I'm going to South Carolina for my friend's wedding okay. tomorrow. Oh, there you so go. You know what I'm doing the first moment I step out of that plane. Wow. <laughs> I'm going to fucking fill a cup with semen, <laughs> order a shot, and have it down. Well, to the, bride, to the bride's health, I'll say. Not that I've ever done this to anyone or served it to anyone. It mixes very well with Kahlua, by the way. <laughs> okay, okay. If it's legal, I'll try it. <laughs> well mark if you have anything to plug if you want to say where people could find you anything up and coming anything you want to say before you go oh i don't know check out my gorgeous son on itunes or on twitter i don't know where the hell else we are <laughs> uh the podcast and then uh gary and his demons uh now in in the states on uh on uh verve which is a streaming service or okay. on sci-fi if you want to find it on tv nice. and we got season two coming out soon beautiful and for myself you can find me on instagram and twitter under finger styles you can follow the podcast on twitter the podcast app email us your thoughts suggestions questions comments whatever you want to get off your chest at the podcast at gmail.com support the sponsors at cbdblackbeltproducts.com use promo code the podcast 25 go to poppyapparel.com use promo code the podcast with a capital d and obviously rate subscribe review on itunes stitcher tune in soundcloud spotify iheart radio and the pod bros network all good my man Oh, 100%. Yeah, thank you, Steve. No, it's been a pleasure. On that note, he's Mark. I'm Steve. This is the podcast. Peace.